1: Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip (laughs) Naiman.
2: Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. This is the pre-election, the pre-election edition. And why? Because pre-elections matter. How's that?
3: Sure. Yep, mail ballots are about to go out.
2: Mm-hmm. Very, very important stuff. Folks, Philip Naman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with my special guest at this segment, Sean Flynn. Sean Flynn is running for Congress. You met him at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Not his area, but he was able to come down there and, uh, and do some interviews there. He is a Second Amendment advocate and supporter. Mm-hmm. He is a conservative, economic kind of guy. Yep. We haven't got into social values yet, but uh, compared to who he's going up against, I'm just going to guess it's okay. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. Yes. So, Sean, it's the 31st. 31st, like Baskin-Robbins, 31 flavors. That's right. So he's the 31st district, which basically goes from Rancho Cucamonga, uh, San Bernardino, south to
3: Redlands, and west to... It's got Loma Linda. So, yeah, basically follow the 210 freeway around the foothills in San Bernardino County.
2: Yeah, that's right. This is a very special district that was gerrymandered in 2010 horribly to allow the current occupant of that congressional district to actually win. This district historically, prior to 2010, this gerrymandering horrible thing that they did in California, prior to 2010 was fairly conservative. Um, We had a conservative, well... Jerry Lewis, a semi-conservative, not fiscal conservative. Always compared to what? Exactly. (laughs) Compared to what? (laughs) Not a fiscal conservative, but uh, we had Jerry Lewis there for uh, about 155 years, I think he served. It was like 38, it was 36, 38 years. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we had uh, Gary Miller who stepped into it and stepped all over it. Uh, Then he unfortunately backed out at the last minute after this gerrymandering happened, which allowed pete aguilar to get elected and pete he was the mayor of Redlands. So let's talk about who your opponent is so we can set the table here
3: your opponent uh well i'll let you talk about it well you know appointed to the Redlands city council then appointed mayor but he
2: where was he working prior to he was appointment oh,
3: a lobbyist he's a lobbyist for big financial firms and they stood up a political action committee just for him and put two hundred thousand dollars in it to get him started
2: that big financial firm did it have a name
3: Well, the, the, okay, so the firm he worked for and was a lobbyist for, um, and, you know, he had other clients too, was uh, Arrowhead Credit Union, Arrowhead Federal Credit Union here. And uh, in a uh, six-month period, I believe, this is, you know, back around the financial crisis, Pete was government affairs guy and Mm -hmm. in charge of all their political donations. But they got fined by the FPCC, I think about $100,000 for failing to report over 100 donations all around the county. Um, and that would have been under Pete Aguilar's purview as the government affairs guy there. And then uh, they, of course, went insolvent and had to be taken over and rescued by the feds and also on Pete's watch. Um, but after doing such a great job, the uh, Credit Union Association, yeah, stood up a PAC for him, put $200,000 in and ran him for Congress. Because he did their bidding. Sure looks like it. Yeah.
2: Now, he was also uh, appointed, appointed to the Redland City Council. Yes. And that's because I think Pepler moved on and there was an opening. So Redlands, in a bizarre, just a bizarre way the city is run, um, they have elections. So they run three people for city council, right? Maybe there's two openings, three people run. And so, if one person retires, what they don't do, which I feel they should, is they should simply say, "Well, whoever came in second should have that seat." Yep. No, not in this fiefdom. We don't care what the people want. We're gonna pick one of our buddies in here and appoint them. We saw that with this guy. We saw it with was it Jeff James or some mm-hmm. somebody else. Twice he got appointed. Um, you know, and then they had just a, it's ridiculous. The just let the people vote, but instead they're they're pushing their will upon that. So he's part of that cabal um, that that was involved. And then he decided, with the uh, Gary Miller
3: fiasco, to jump into that congressional race. Yes, yeah, and he yeah, it was an open seat in 2014 because Miller pulled out uh, unexpectedly three weeks before the filing deadline. Yeah. say that again. Yeah. Gary Miller pulled out unexpectedly. Was it two weeks only? You you held up two fingers. I I thought it was was two two, two weeks before the filing deadline. What's the difference? Yeah. Both parties were caught off guard. And the person who ended up winning was the one who could call his uh, credit union special interest buddies and say, hey, open up a pack for me. Put the money in. And he won by 300 votes. Yep. 300 something. Yep.
2: Yeah. So he barely had a squeaker of an election. The California Republican Party put up zero money. Mm -hmm. Didn't help his opponent at all. And we could have kept that. You know, it's just, it's amazing the stuff that you are fighting up against. So that's the background.
3: Now, this guy's gone to Congress. He's voted liberal on every single thing. Um, when he's also, you know, dramatic about it, you know, sit down protests against guns and laying on the floor of the House of Representatives to get TV time, right? This, 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 this is a person who, uh, you know, it'd be one thing if he was principled um and, you know, had social norms and standards about how to advance his ideas. But this is someone who's a police hound and climbing the reins of power and willing to do whatever it takes. He also, I forgot to mention that, as mayor of
2: Redlands, he signed up with Bloomberg's Mayors Against Guns. So not only did he sign the little city of Redlands to Occupy Wall Street, but then he combined them into Mayors Against Guns. They did a gun buyback at Stater Brothers. The money came in. It bought Stater Brothers gift cards. He had 14, 10 to 14 police officers stationed there that day. I happened to be there. Um, stationed there that day to, you know, guys in SWAT uniforms for this gun buyback, which was basically a bunch of elderly citizens getting rid of things they didn't like. Or guys like me who had junk that was busted we couldn't fix it we got a hundred bucks for it um also i brought an ffl to that and we purchased 16 firearms was, I, I assume functional ones. Uh, great collector's <laughs> items man it was amazing um yeah i got it was amazing stuff and and uh the buyback was only offering 100 bucks so we said hey you want a hundred dollar gift card from stater brothers you want hundred dollars cash
3: well, I think you're right. This, this 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 whole idea about gun buybacks, as you, as we all know, they're a complete failure wherever they're tried, for exactly the reason you said, which is you do not have MS13 showing up with AK47s and <laughs> you know Uzis and MP5s trying to train them in. Right. Right. What you have is ordinary people who'd never commit a crime.
2: This stuff was in the attic; it's rusted yeah, shut. That's right. That's that's most of what we saw was absolute junk or Bowers twenty fives. I mean, just just junk and these guys are they're kind of giggling like yeah man i don't want this piece of junk or just go get my hundred bucks so but
3: but then pete goes through this charade this pantomime of you know being against guns and doing something about it but of course he knows just as well as we do that this is going to do absolutely nothing for the gun problem and it's just a bunch of theater um to rile up his base they should be mad at him too because they they, should yeah let me help you on some vernacular here
2: okay there is no gun problem we have a violence problem. Okay. And the reason we have a violence problem is criminals are allowed to skate. In California, as you know, Jerry Brown just signed a law that removed all, all mandatory sentencing for the use of guns in a crime. All the gun bills he signed the last eight years have all had to do with possession by a solid citizen. Now now is going to be in trouble if they don't comply. None of them increase the penalties for the misuse of a firearm. So just like the Mothers Against Drunk Driving thing, where where they made drunk driving so painful that everybody Ubers or has a designated driver, you know, if you had a drunk driving arrest, it would destroy you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a glass of wine, somebody else is driving. You're not going to deal with that. That's modified our behavior. If it was the same thing with the firearms used in a crime— if the penalty for doing that was so egregious, which it should be, they simply would not do that. Criminals are cowards. They're not stupid. Some are stupid. Some are stupid and cowards. But the majority of them, if they know that if they use a gun in a carjacking, they're going to get 20 years, they won't be using a gun.
3: Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And th- this this reminds me, you know, just coming from it, you know, from the perspective. And, you know, I, I teach at a university, so I'm surrounded by people on the left and very far left all the time. Jerry Brown and the people who've been controlling our uh, gun policies now and the penalties Mm -hmm. for decades now, they're coming at this because all they want to see is racism in the world. And, you know, they say, all right, well, here we've got some laws. And if there's one group that is getting arrested at a higher rate than another group, then we got to get rid of all those laws, even if it means public safety is compromised. And even what's and, you know, this gets to the fact that Trump's approval rating among African-Americans is up to thirty five percent. Right. All time. From six to thirty five. But they know Trump actually wants to protect everyone, including African-Americans. And they've been sold a bill of goods because who gets victimized most in any racial group? You get victimized by people of your own racial group. That's the, whether you're white or you're Asian or you're black. And so when you say, hey, we're going to have tougher, tougher laws about using guns and violence, um, that's actually protecting people, right? Yes. And not across racial lines. That's protecting people. It's protecting people across racial lines. Yes, everybody. across everybody. Yes, Because the
2: action, it's the action that is penalized.
3: Yes. Yes. And and Trump gets it. And I think African-Americans are increasingly seeing the, the kind of pantomime stuff that, Aguilar likes to do let's do a gun buyback, or let's stay down on the floor of the center or jerry brown let's get rid of all the gun 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 uh, gun, gun laws right um penalties for misusing that actually makes people less safe and yep. gets people killed unfortunately you are right folks this is philip namel with sean flynn
2: sean flynn for congress yes that's right sean flynn sean. for congress.com sean flynn for congress.com give him some money give him some time we'll be right back with another segment after this
4: have questions about handgun safety local sports shooting events or your second amendment rights just ask vince at bullseye sport in riverside get practical advice no sales pitch vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience Bullseye Sport in Riverside, proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211.
5: Pull.
1: this portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up.
5: See this? This is my boomstick!
2: Hey folks, Boomstick Radio, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our YouTube channel. You know that according to the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So don't take your constitutional rights for granted. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, then Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sport is a strong supporter of conservative pro-Second Amendment candidates in this election and urges everyone, everyone, to get to the polls today. Make sure your voice is heard. Don't take our rights and privileges for granted. Our state is in need of elected officials that will put the citizens' needs first and will make California great again. As our president, Donald Trump, said, what truly matters is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. Bullseye Sport for the best selection and prices every day. It's Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. We're doing this thing. We're trying to get some podcasts going here. And this is our first Attempt. At, at live people podcasting, if you look over here to my right, your left, if you're playing along at home, I have two victims on this podcast. Attempt both
6: of them live
2: <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far, <laughs> All, honest officer, they look good when they left here. I don't know what happened. Uh, if, you, if you're looking on camera, the good gentleman in the blue, uh, blue jacket, that's Sean Flynn to your right, that's Stan Sniff. Riverside County Sheriff, Sean is running for the 31st Congressional District. He needs to be our congressman. In the 41st District, Aja Smith is running. She needs right, to, yeah. yep. to win out there. Folks, you have to reach out and make sure that you vote. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Sean. We'll get more to, to, to stand later. Talk a little bit about Sean and your background. And we talked about your opponent. But now I want to talk about you. Why should people vote for you? I mean, this is a strong Second Amendment crowd. Uh, Obviously, your opponent is not. He's anti-everything. So give us some... People don't know Sean Flynn. This is their moment.
3: Okay, well, thank you. So with respect to the Second Amendment, you know, I'm a constitutional carry guy. I take the Constitution very seriously. And um, the Second Amendment is there for a very good reason, as as were all the uh, Ten Amendments in the Bill of Rights, which was it didn't look like the... Original document they were going to vote on would sufficiently protect people from the government. And so to me, the Second Amendment is a bulwark of freedom. In addition to that, people should have the rights for firearms for hunting, for self defense, and all these other things. But at the end of the day, for me, it is a backstop against a tyrannical government. And, you know, does that mean there might be some problems associated with that? Yeah, I'm an economist. We deal in trade offs, we deal in reality. Right. And so I'm willing to say, yeah, I'm willing to take certain problems. And, you know, the sheriff is here to tamp down those problems and make sure that they don't get out of control so that I always have. It's like buying an insurance policy, right? You got to pay the premium on an insurance policy. But what you get is all the safety at the end if something actually does go wrong. And so that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. And I think the vast majority of Americans are willing to make. And so my opponent doesn't believe in that because he's a person who believes the government, if controlled by progressives like him, will always do the right thing for people and bring social justice and wave a little magic wand. But that's not how the world works. It will always do the right thing for him. Mm-hmm. Well, right, we, we, That's the way that works. And, and uh, they have a model for that. It's called Venezuela. <laughs> Where they banned guns in 2011. Private yeah. ownership. Banned. Yeah. Yep. And it had already gotten fairly totalitarian by that point. But they could not have gone full oppression like they have in the last seven or eight years without first taking all the guns away
2: You know, I think that's a proper term for that. It, it's full oppression It's you know, it's communism in action is full oppression and that's exactly what we're seeing There's about 12 or 30 million people down there yep. suffering like crazy. Yep. I think the average one lost 30 pounds a year Yep, so maybe that would help with our single-payer health care if uh, <laughs> Americans all lost 30 pounds a year because there's no food I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's how they plan on paying for it. What do you think? I well, think
6: you- I think we're here from the government here to help you. <laughs> yeah, the,
3: the scariest words you've ever heard, right? Well, it, it, an incident historically that uh, Dusty Rigsby likes to bring up, right? And he's a big Second Amendment guy. He's the mayor of Loma Linda, is that when the Nazis took over France in World War II, right? I think it was 1940. Um, they went to all the local gun registries because the French government had them and they went and confiscated people's guns immediately and they knew where to look. Because those registries were public documents. They just go down to the town hall. And if people didn't turn over the guns that were listed, they were immediately shot. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing.
2: And and so let's take that. That's France in World War II with the disarmament. What about England? Now, in 1925, after the Great War, the war to end all wars, since they'll never have war again, they pretty much uh, gave up all of their firearms. Yep. They gave up all their rights. This is yep. the. This is the country that demanded all free men learn how to shoot a longbow. You know the Magna mm-hmm. Carta. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the right to keep and bear arms. But then the progressives got in there in 1925 and they gave up all their firearms. So then what happened in 1939? Stan, you know this history on this one? Yep. When they, they, you know what happened? 1939?
6: Yep. They seized all of them in, uh, in uh, Nazi Germany
2: as well. Yeah. So so then when England had to go to war...
6: They had to borrow guns
2: from us. Yes. We had private citizens shipping. I saw a great article in the NRA magazine about that. Private citizens shipping their firearms with boxes of ammo to England of all
6: different calibers and types. It was just a giveaway to help them uh, defend their homeland.
2: Because disarming yourself is a really good idea. (laughs) um, You have a background in martial arts. Yes. Although it's been a while since I did it any seriously. Be nice. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, what's
3: up? uh, there's a, a sports form of uh, a competition form of aikido. It looks okay. like a judo tournament, but with. I'm familiar with aikido. Te- I was techniques. in the Shotokan karate many, oh, right many on. years ago. Yeah. Okay. And okay.
2: what's what's the black uh, pants called?
3: Uh, uh, hakama, but we don't yeah, wear them. Judo you, and Hakama. How's that? Too easy <laughs> to trip on. Karate <laughs> yeah. is called geese. <laughs> yeah, we use geese. That's <laughs> right. Jiu jitsu too. Angry white pajamas. Uh, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, but that's self defense. and And so you understand that. And you also understand that. The Second Amendment is a self-defense component because not everybody has a black belt in the keto. Not everybody can physically defend themselves. And when I do a lot of my private classes for for shooting, for teaching people how to operate their first firearm, gosh darn, most of the people who buy these classes, because I donate them at charities, they're 65 to 70-year-old women. Yep. I'm not trying to be sexist or ageist, but guys, what's the hand strength on a 65-year-old woman who hasn't been doing pull-ups her whole life? Yep it 's not there, yep, how could they physically physically defend themselves against an attacker who's twenty two years old and on meth
6: well, that 's why the peacemaker was kind of uh, viewed as the uh, great equalizer
3: yeah, I so, think Kit Carson, the uh, old west uh he was a sheriff too, but he was a mountain man, and he apparently he was very short, but he said a wonderful things about firearms, which was that guns make all men equally tall, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and so I think you need to remember the deterrent effect too, you know, walking down the street, I'm now 45. I've got gray hair. No one would know that I did any martial arts and be afraid of me. They have no reason to it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I'm openly caring, right, they know there's a problem and no one wants to get shot. Um, and so that's another great thing. I, was it two million crimes a year in America or stop because someone legitimately just brandishes, doesn't even fire a weapon, just brandishes their legal firearm and then the criminal sees it and goes away. But Which,
6: in California, you can't do that anymore. No, either. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If you
3: have a
2: CCW and you brandish, you'd better but even report But Even open carry is yeah, banned. No open it was carry.
6: banned a few years back after being uh, not a problem for decades here in the state.
2: Yeah. And again, that's some of our own guys shooting ourselves in the foot by making it a problem. Yes,
6: you're exactly spot on.
2: Yeah, that's, that's terrible. But what I wanted to get to about that is, is when it comes to self-defense, how does a 65, 75-year-old woman, and frankly, many of them are widows because you know, yeah. men die first because sure. we want to. Anyway, <laughs> so, so how do they defend their homes? And, and a lot of times, Stan, you could probably back this up, a lot of the home invasions are not one guy. Yeah, they're a team, usually. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's zero chance, right? Without a firearm, yep. you have a black belt in Aikido. I think we need to give these single ladies a black belt in glockido So <laughs> I love that. It's it's important. But, but
6: you know the downside on martial arts, and I was in it for a long time in my teens and early 20s, uh, and, and Captain U.S. Collegiate Mash. Oh, wow. And, and their winning team out of UC San Diego. Wow. But the problem is you got to end up you know, touching the somebody. You do do you? No, I don't. Okay. I don't even wear the geese anymore. They don't fit. <laughs> but, but going back to the real issue on that, you still have to be in close contact. Yeah. And so there's no, yeah. the word we use is standoff. There's no yep. standoff. And so right. that issue of somebody entering your space or whatever else is counted out, particularly in your home. Yep. But, but also the display of a weapon if, if open carry wasn't banned. And, of course, the CCW thing that you
2: touched on. Yeah, it, it's very important, and so I really think those people out there think about your moms. They need to talk about this. Your mom should be armed for recreation or protection, or shame on you.
6: Right, if she chose to, and that—that's yes. the other part that that, uh, that that always goes along with this, a corollary of of responsible carry and and practicing with it and understanding otherwise it becomes an accident to the holder of the of the weapon
2: and of course we always talk practice you know you have to you should never own anything you can't use and and get extra training
6: for that and keep that training current
2: exactly yeah. it's you know it, it, it's all common sense folks yep self-defense is common sense put the bad guys in the prison or a wood chipper I'm equally opposed, (laughs) open to to both. Uh, You know, out here in Redlands, we have these orchard-sized wood chippers. We could make it a group affair. It's it's not a problem. Anyway, we'll be right back after this.
7: Are you an expert marksman who enjoys a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range offers 21,000 square feet of indoor space with 35 shooting lanes that accommodate handguns, rifles, and shotguns. Jim and his wife like Riverside Indoor Shooting Range so much, they became members.
4: The facility is well-maintained. The personnel are very knowledgeable, very friendly, very outgoing, helpful anytime you have an issue with your gun or have a question.
7: Riverside Indoor Shooting Range also offers firearm and self-defense training, archery, firearm rentals, and gunsmithing. And the Riverside chapter of the Well-Armed Woman meets there every month for women of all experience levels. For directions and info, go to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. Range.com.
4: I would highly recommend the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range to anybody who enjoys shooting and is looking for a good facility that's
7: indoors. Range.com. AM590, the answer.
1: This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe.
0: Spartans, lay down your weapons!
2: Get them. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Shows. This is Philip Neyman here with Sean Flynn. Sean Flynn for Congress.com. Sean Flyn for Why? because he needs your help because he's fighting the anti-gunner who is currently our congressman there uh, to his left you're right if you're playing along at home here i have stan sniff stan is the current sheriff of riverside county he's been the sheriff for how many years gosh just turned 11 years that's great 11 years done yeah. a great job there very proud to have him um and so i'm going to switch right here we just talked about some self-defense and how that important that is I'm gonna switch over to CCWs because oh, this is a near and dear big, to your heart, big, big topic. <laughs> well, actually, I'm gonna come clean first, then I'm gonna switch to CCWs. Um... I moved to Riverside County Yay. late last year.
6: That's a good move. I, I wanted to vote for you.
2: <laughs> McMahon's safe in his seat.
6: Oh, he is, but not. What's well, not all that he didn't have an opponent. <laughs> That's what I mean.
2: So I just vote. but anyway, I lost my CCW because I switched counties. Yeah. That's what happens. Plus, it was up for renewal, so there was no way to do it and move anyway. So it just happened to be the perfect storm. I had to surrender my CCW because I switched counties. We were so backlogged from the 2015 and everybody wanting a CCW that. Uh, interviews were almost a year and a half out. Oh,
6: no, they were over two years out. Wow. It really got bad.
2: Yeah. So um, I put in my application and I submitted and I got a date for my interview of August 2019. Mm-hmm. Originally depressing. Right. Wow. So I had filled out my application. I'd done everything I was supposed to do, filled out my application, got it ready to go. And then I get a call a couple of weeks ago that, Hey, we're picking things up so somebody somehow took an hour off of my interview date or an hour a year there you go
5: oh, it's like an hour <laughs> it's that cookie you it's had this like morning a
2: little longer <laughs> took a year and i got in there for my interview and here's here's the sad thing okay this was totally on me i was you were not prepared i grabbed my my interview packet that i filled out in december you're That's stealing funny. my thunder here, boss. I'm trying to come I just uh, know a little bit I'm about to, it. Trying to do a mea culpa. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> so I grab my packet that I filled out in December and I haven't looked at since cause I don't need it for another year. And I, and I'm running late because you know, business happens and I fly in there and, and they're gracious enough to come in there and see me. And I go up there and I meet this, a Lieutenant.
6: That's a, probably a Sergeant. Sergeant Josh Adams. Uh, Frank. Okay. Anyway. is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a deputy.
2: Okay, so I meet, I meet this guy, and he's, okay, Philip, um, you know, he's looking at his clock and said, hey, I apologize, you know, you run a business, clients come first, your personal stuff has to back out, if we need to reschedule, I understand, my bad. He's, no, nah, well, we'll take care of this. He's, okay, so did you bring a passport photo? Hmm, no. <laughs> did you bring two utility bills? Hmm, no, did you bring? And 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 I realized huh. that I had not read my requirements for that since last <laughs> December, and I came there totally flat-footed. And he goes, "Did you?" I said, "Let me stop you here, Frank." I said, "Just tell me the list I'm supposed to have, and I'll come back with it." Because no, I don't have anything but my application, so um I can't complain anymore that my CCW is being delayed because Philip Namen owns that one, right? But but you've made some huge strides, and that's what I wanted to get to on this, is you made some huge strides on shutting or closing down all of the wait time, but but some of the reasons guys are delayed is they're not prepared.
6: That's always the case, because uh, it goes pretty quickly. The actual processing time is probably about 30 days, even when we have the backlog. The backlog, as you've heard me explain before, is more like going into turners, and, and you have to take a number You know, at their busy time, or you get caught on a phone call, continuous loop, Wait for the next available operator. We we didn't have the ability to add, so I don't know whether which which individual you talked to because we've actually added a lot of staff to the CCW. Unit. I met
2: one of them, yeah.
6: and so their instructions and and much of that, as you remember, was not only the overwhelming demand that we had after the December 2015 terrorist incident here, mm-hmm. and then the other mass shootings that followed, but it was the same time the department was being convulsed by massive budget cuts. When I didn't have enough deputies to actually go out and handle calls like I'm primarily supposed to, calls for help from the public. And so those two things are a cause that backlog because many of those CCWs are issued to cities that have police departments that equally well issue but also choose not to. Yeah. So the full brunt of all 2.4 million folks was on me at the same time our department was being radically downsized by about 15%. And I had, at the start of each year, massive red ink. We balanced at the end of each year, but it was at the cost of of losing a lot of positions that we didn't fill when they departed the department. So the good news is, uh, closing the gap on, on your comment here, is in June, the board actually gave me additional funding going into this year. And so not only are we hiring more deputies to handle the calls and hiring uh, deputies and other staff to, to man the new jail that's being built in Indio, both, both of which are my primary uh, issues right now, We've been able to get some money put aside to hire part-timers that have retired, not from my department, unfortunately, because of the PERS Pension Reform Act. We can't automatically hire those. But from other counties like San Bernardino and Los Angeles and Orange County, we're hiring people that have retired, have law enforcement credentials, and are coming in part-time to help us get through this backlog.
2: Well, exactly. And that's, you know, I wanted to bring that up that, hey, to cut a year off the wait time, that's pretty, shame on me for not being prepared.
6: Well, you know, the reality is for most people coming in now, the wait time has been dropped to about uh, three or four months and it's continuing to collapse. And that's a wait time that just uh, a year or so ago was running over two years. Right. And that was unfortunate. uh, But I simply did not have, I could not in good faith, uh, end up pulling more deputies off the street or out of our jails. When I'm at running massive overtime, these guys are working their days off. It's all a matter of priorities. But when half the of the people that are asking for CCWs are coming from cities that are perfectly able to issue CCWs but choose not to, uh, I'm happy to do it, but the full brunt of all that fell on, on the sheriff's office. And so I'm glad we're getting caught up on it. But it's been primarily a, f- a funding issue right. and a staffing issue over the last couple of years. Not that we didn't want to.
2: No, and and honestly, some of the things that uh, people talk about as far as, uh, well, I I don't know what to – I hear this often. Um, Well, geez, it's not a shall issue. I have to write down why I need a CCW.
6: (laughs) But that wasn't – you'll find that almost – there's almost 3,900 CCW permits. Uh, It's a record. I, I took office 11 years ago with 500 active permits and there was a little bit of a scandal with how those were being issued anyway, as well as selling badges for cash. We cleaned all that was, up. Was
2: all that done at that strip club that the old sheriff used to hang over the police
6: chief? No, I think you're thinking police chief, oh. but we won't, we won't go there, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do know that story on it. But, but nonetheless, uh, we, we've made uh, new records almost every year and, and I'm happy. I actually talk a lot before the public and push, uh, those that are going to be responsible to get CCWs. Uh, and so, our county supports it very well. It was just unfortunate that we got whacked so badly. I lost about $72 million in cuts just in two years.
2: And that's about 10% or 15% of your budget?
6: About 15% of our wow. workforce was reduced Brutal. over a period of two years, and that's what's been so hard on, on the department.
2: So 15% of your workforce. Now, workforce, we're not talking about guys putting widgets in a box criminal widgets
6: the civilian uh, do with the widget stuff but right. but the deputy sheriffs are armed and handle calls for help from the public and the correctional deputies work alongside them in our jails right. and, and they handle these nasty inmates that we've got particularly post uh, ab 109 realignment in 2011 so most of them are, are law enforcement professionals that wear badges and have a severe uh, important issues that they they have that they deal up, with but, that they deal and with so day in to day out 15, and dangerous people
2: right fifteen percent less people protecting us in the county due to the budget cuts right. and then the same politicians that in Sacramento and other places push how many new felons out onto the street these
6: days well the state prisons as you well know that's been a, 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 a ever since AB one hundred nine and that was an attempt basically to balance their budget on the backs of local jails. They've had a, a massive reduction because they hadn't added an additional prison capacity that for many, many years and still haven't. And, of course, the jails have been struggling for a long time. Our jail has been under a federal court order since uh, 1993. So sheriff after sheriff right now has had to deal with overcrowding, again, driven by the Inland Empire exploding in population. And I use a lot that, that people don't understand that uh, it's kind of like the frog being cooked in the water when it's slowly being heated. But in 1979, when I first came to the sheriff's office, our population in Riverside County was about 600,000. It's now 2.4 million. And so part of that drawback is that infrastructure does not keep up with all that tremendous growth.
2: We have more people than Wyoming, I think.
6: Well, we we outnumber many in many states. And our, Mm -hmm. our county alone, San Bernardino is three times our size and the biggest in the nation. But our county, Riverside, alone is about the size of the state of New Jersey. And you kind of lose the perspective with about 3,000 counties across the U.S. on that. Mm-hmm. But our county is the 10th most populous anywhere in the United States. It's a big county. And so dealing with law enforcement resources
2: is quite a challenge, particularly when you're having massive cuts. Yeah. And if you don't believe it's a big county, hop on the 91 at 7 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, it's a slow county then. <laughs> <laughs> See all the people who live there, all next to you. just want... <laughs> Folks, Philip Name Firing Line Radio Show. Uh, Stan, what's your website? It's uh, reelectsheriffsniff.com. Uh, reelectsheriffsniff.com and seanflinnforcongress.com. We'll be back with one more segment after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side. They have a special discounted plan for active and retired law enforcement and military to include all vets. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. Join CCW Safe today. Log on to CCWSAFE.com. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSAFE.com.
0: AM 590, the answer.
2: This
1: portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics.
0: Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here?
2: Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out. Maybe you could even see this podcast online. I going to try it uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, I had to switch over here because, as I said, we're because i really like the sheriff
6: he's trying to stay close to the sheriff (laughs) (laughs) i
2: gotta get my ccw Um, (laughs) two month wait now two month wait hey hey. get that
3: water bill (laughs) exactly
2: so um we're running we're talking with these two guys here they're running for for congress we have sean flynn running for congress in the 41st district 31st district i have uh uh stan sniff here running for sheriff of riverside county County. re-election I changed Mm -hmm. seats. I can't think anymore. Something happened over there.
6: You're in a better county now. I am in a better county. Although I like John McMahon. You're in a better county.
2: That is true. And McMahon's great. I've he had, is a good guy. I've had him on the show. Very pro-Second Amendment, yep. just like you are. Um, Sean Flynn, pro-Second Amendment, running for Congress in the 31st District. And we're talking about some of the things that, that we're going to run into. Why do you hire a sheriff? And you hire a sheriff by voting for him. And you hire a sheriff because you want to see your crime go down. You want to see your Second Amendment rights supported. You want to see good policies implemented. And that's... I think that's your game.
6: Yeah, I I think when you look at the office of sheriff in California, it touches the quality of life, in our case, of all 2.4 million folks, because the sheriff is responsible not only for a massive patrol operation, but to own and operate a jail system that serves every agency that makes an arrest inside Riverside County, plus securing uh, all our courtrooms and doing the civil service. Those are all mandated responsibilities, all three of them. And in my case, uh, with the majority of the counties in California, I'm also the coroner public administrator. So it's a very complex organization. It's expensive to operate. But in one way or another, whether you have your own great police department in Riverside County or not, the office of sheriff touches every single human being in that county.
2: One time or another.
6: One time or another, yes. So
2: So the, the coroner thing, are they as creepy as you think they are?
6: No, they're really good people, and it's a very small unit uh, that uh, has two different morgue sites back in uh, Paris and over in Indio and they do a great job uh, of working and and obviously all of us end up having that uh, that experience in, in our families and in our lives that eventually we end up passing and so the suspicious deaths are a responsibility of government to investigate and that's what the coroner's office does. Good not very good.
2: It's not a job I would apply for.
6: Well, a lot of people, but, you know, we have all different types of uh, great people, but they yep. all share the common thing of wanting to help others. I'm glad mm-hmm. they're there.
2: <laughs> I don't want to. Do <laughs> anyway. Hey, so talk about the Second Amendment. Some fun stuff here. Uh, kick this up off of line uh, on the radio show. You're talking about you uh, do your best to how should I say this Rescue. Rescue. High-powered rifles um, from from the streets. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes, uh, African big game rifles specifically. So these are the big big ones from 375 H and H on up to, uh, in my case, uh, 505 Gibbs.
2: Now, what started that?
6: You know when I, I think uh, a lot of my interest in shooting was uh, when I was uh, growing up and go visit the barbershop shop and all those gun magazines not only American Rifleman but all the others that were
2: sport to field
6: yeah all that stuff uh, including the, all the boy scout magazines mm. back at the time always used to feature uh, all the different shooting sports that many of us participate in and I think at the time you look at all these things you could never afford even as a uh, young man in many cases And then in life, you you just end up encountering a lot of different uh, things where you can pick them up. But the big game rifles were always something that, uh, even though I don't hunt, that I was very much uh, interested in, almost like a gadget. And then many of them are works of art. uh, Absolutely. And they match cost-wise in that many cases, too, especially on the ammunition.
2: Well, actually, um, we have a rule here that everything costs about $100. Because think about this, you know. You, f- some guy finally lets his his wife lets him listen to us as we're driving over to Costco, <laughs> right? And and you say that what what something might actually cost. And we don't know what he told his wife. You could cause a divorce. Exactly. So everything costs about 100 bucks. Your mileage may vary, but we're just going to go with that rule.
6: Yeah, it's always on sale and a great deal. But, but some of the ammunition for some of those <laughs> rifles.
2: You cannot believe how much money my wife has saved me. It's almost as if she created thousands of dollars by shopping.
6: <laughs> some of the ammunition for the, some of those specialized uh, big game guns runs about $100 a cartridge. So it's pretty rare and pretty
2: big. Yeah, but nobody owns those, ladies, so forget that comment completely. <laughs> but again, it was about $100. That's no, right. Ammunition, no. Firearms you cost... You I bought a box of 20 of them. <laughs> Firearms cost... discount. No. You save money. Guys, you're breaking my rules here. I'm here. Have to, I'm have to hit that mute button. Firearms <laughs> cost about 100 bucks. Ammunition costs about 20 yeah. That's it's, all. It's about 100 bucks to go out-of-state hunting. Mm-hmm. Okay, just fill up the gas tank. That's all it takes. Cool. That's it.
6: Well, most of you hunters never really fire around, do you?
2: <laughs> it's not the really adventure of being out
6: with the other guys and being out with nature.
2: <laughs> yeah. not not one that we would have to pay for. It's very inexpensive, very cheap. It almost pays you. Like my wife shopping, it almost pays you to be involved. Truly. <laughs> well, let's talk about the works of art on on those uh, firearms because they are when you see them and you. you it's not something you run into very often, but on an on a bi- African big-game gun, they went out of their way. The guns, I'm talking 30, 40 years old.
6: The, the double, um, double rifles and that's all. Well, name. a double rifles a
2: whole other art level, and that's just absolutely gorgeous. But even the bolt actions, where you see the fleur-de-lis yep. checkering, and it's all hand-cut, and the, the rich, dark walnut wood is you really can't find anymore. Mm. I mean, if you wanted to have a gun made with that kind of a stock, it would cost like $102.
6: right right a little bit more than a normal normal run and you see the same thing on the on the shotguns either over unders or side by sides Mm. they're also works of art
2: and people don't understand that it's so there's a collection action aspect to it and there's just just feels nice just to, to own those things eh?
6: yep or pick up and borrow somebody else's when you couldn't afford to own them
2: right so i actually ran into one this is one of the first things i ever did with vince Vince Torres over at uh, Bullseye Gun Sports and Ammo, he got this estate sale in. And this guy brought in this Browning Medallion 375 H&H that had stalagmites growing on it. It was, he kept it under his bed, the cat peed <laughs> on it. It was no, the dear most, God. it was terrible. And, uh, so i offered Vince a very low ball offer and he says, take that junk oh, out bucks. of here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was <exactly> <laughs> and I took it over to Jim Gruning, and I cannot tell you the artwork that came out of that yeah. gun because it's the old, uh, Browning medallion, uh, not medallion, Browning Belgian. Mauser Action, which are just beautifully smooth. He cleaned that all up. He, High gloss
6: finish and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, well, we actually ended up stir coating it because there was pitting on the, uh, oh. on the action. So we couldn't put that back on. And then I found a stock, a hardwood walnut stock that was gorgeous on eBay
3: uh-huh.
2: for about 100 bucks. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and had him put it all together. And this is the most beautiful. You know again it's a big game cartridge. It's Oh yeah,
6: 375 is a humper.
2: Yeah, and then we, we we had to rechamber to 375 H&H, so it's a 375 on. It just got great performance. It's unbelievable what you can do with a rifle like that. Anything from elk all the way up. Um it, the power and, and but it, there's just something about a beautiful bolt action rifle or a beautiful shotgun. Yeah. They are they are art. They are functional art.
6: And I think from in my case and probably many others that grew up looking at all those magazines and so on, it becomes embedded in you a little bit. Yeah. And then you end up being more and more interested in, in seeing all that great artwork. And over your years, you're able to collect some of it. Obviously, a lot Hopefully, of it's yeah. out of reach. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. You know, you go on Gun Broker and you, you say, oh, 30, you know, more than $103 for some of these things. <laughs> it's just...
6: Well, you remember the high-end gun room that uh, Bass Pro used to have when they first opened up over yeah. there? I mean, that was just... You go in there and you look at, at firearms that would uh, worth, again, pieces of art, uh, 50000 a 100000 mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that market's not in this area in the Inland Empire, so they eventually moved it. But it was just beautiful to go in and look at yeah. that. It's like being in a museum.
2: It truly is. And I did a, a museum in France with their history of their firearms, and it was absolutely fantastic, gorgeous. Hey, I've got a minute and a half left here, so I'm going to give you 30 seconds here to, to wrap up. Why Stan Sniff?
6: Well, I think that the, the the department, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, has been operated and very well managed for a number of years. We've done a good job. Even in the face of those tough, brutal cuts that we were talking about earlier, we managed to drop crime with a much smaller workforce. So that was kind of manna from heaven for us because we didn't quite expect it, but that's also a tribute to the professionalism. Uh, of Anybody running uh, this year, and I've had a number of different opponents, including now on, when going into the runoff, um, none of them have any of the experience or background or education or the hands-on track record that, that i've had so far over the last 11 years it's a great department doing a great job
3: and i would appreciate everybody's support on november 6th very good sean okay so i i'm in the exact opposite position the sheriff has been doing a fantastic job for 12 years on the other hand the race i'm running against is against an incumbent who's been doing absolutely nothing for the district right and in addition to that you know he's a gun grabber and there's a million other things, sanctuary cities, we could get into um, that I think most people in this district are opposed to.
2: They are. And folks, we're going to start the gun sanctuary cities. How's that? <laughs> I like that. Guns, guns are going to be safe in the in this particular that, county. That, that's supposed to be the United States with the Second Amendment.
6: It's endangered right? here. It's an endangered species here in California, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, well,
2: we're in the People's Republic of Occupied California. Firing Line Radio Show. I want to thank my special guest, Sean Flynn, running for Congress. I want to say, Sean Flynn, my next congressman, Woo-hoo! and Stan Sniff, our sheriff, and I want to say our continuing sheriff. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing
1: Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn,